What's up, y'all? Have a seat. It's your favorite hour of the week with the Facts Over Acts crew. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a full, interesting, lively, juicy show filled with some hateration and holleration bought to the dancery. Shout out to Mary J. But first of all, I'm going to get y'all to these introductions. We got to talk to my, my main man, the master of the mixer master, Josh Guyton in the building. That is I. The money man, the man with the plan, Chris Allen in the building. Right here, right here. And then you got the little old MC, that's me, Kenton Gibbs. Now, I I was surprised that Chris was this excited for this show, seeing this how the, the hardened trade is the lead. But here we are. Here we are nonetheless. So with that being said, the Nets big three is formed. We got Harden, KD, and Kyrie. It came at a very hefty price, though, in a four-team trade, okay? The four-team trade included the Nets, the Cavs, the Pacers, and who was the fourth team in it? The Rockets. The um, Rockets, yeah. Ah, Nets, Cavs, Pacers, and Rockets. Of course the Rockets were in it. Of course the Rockets. Why, why would I not? Anyway, Nets, Cavs, Pacers, and Rockets. So, uh, fellas, please tell me this. People normally say whoever got the best player won the trade. Is that the case with this trade as well? Did the Nets win this trade? Um, I'm going to say yes that the Nets won the trade because out of all of the teams listed here, the Nets are going to be the most successful out of these teams. The Nets are going to be better now than they were before. But I think long term, they did give up a lot. Um, I think that was a, a, a lot of people's initial reaction that they gave up a lot in order to get this done. But... The other side of that is possibly winning a championship. So you don't know if you kept those other pieces or what those draft picks would turn into, if it would turn into a championship. And if you think about it, when you have a big three of this talent level, we're not sure if we ever saw a big three of this talent level. Um, More times than not, it works out. I can't think of any super team that was put together in the past maybe two decades that didn't work out at some level with the exception of the Lakers and Carl Malone and Gary Payton were 53 years old whenever they made that trade. Not 53. I mean, they were old, they were old as dirt. They were old as dirt. I, I, I feel that. I feel that. Chris, did the Nets get better? Who won the trade? Talk to me. Okay. On paper, they look incredible. Like, if you if you just look at the resume of their three, their big three, they look incredible on paper. Two of the players have hit uh phenomenal shots in the finals to 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 secure a finals win. And one of the players is was knocking at the door for the finals for the last four years, three to four years. So I mean, just on paper, they look great. Now, however, I for one don't think they got much better though, because they had a really deep team before they had that trade with Levert coming off the bench and Spencer Dinwiddie and Jared Allen. And they had a couple, uh, Torian Prince. He got out of there, I believe, off that trade. They had a lot of guys off the bench that I would consider are top-tier glue guys. I wouldn't consider none of them, like, you know, super game changers, but they're top-tier glue guys. Like, if you want some people on your team that can, you know, hold the fort down when the starters come out the game, they were those people. They lost Dinwiddie to injury. They lost Karis LeVert to the trade. They lost Jerry Allen to the trade. They also lost their entire future 
So, yes, I get it. You you do what you do. If you win a championship within the next 10 years, that trade means nothing. That trade was the smartest thing you could have done because you got a title. And I don't believe Brooklyn has ever won a title before. No. So, right. So, the this. New Jersey. Well, the New Jersey Nets won one in the ABA, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. They got an ABA title. No NBA, though. Okay, no. anyway, we talking about NBA here. Nobody care about well, the I'm NBA. I'm just saying. I'm just, bro, some of these teams, it's not fair. Like, if, if if you only count strictly NBA, you put some of these teams at a disadvantage. Like, of course, the Celtics have 17. Half of the NBA wasn't even in the NBA when they won 9, right. 10, 11 of them. But, you know, right. a little aside, proceed. Okay, but like I said, in the NBA era, the Nets haven't won anything. So, yes, you do what you got to do to win a championship. However, KD hard, 31, Kyrie, 28, 29, which is not, none of them are considered old yet. Right. However, you gave up a lot of picks, so that gives you a lot less time to develop some young guys when these guys get old. So, like, for example, the Lakers, for example, LeBron might be able to play until he's 45. Like, honestly, Honestly, I know that's Chris. That's a that's a stretch. Chris. That's a stretch. But hear me out, Gibbs. Hear me out, Gibbs. Hear me out, Gibbs. They still have a lot of draft capital in the draft. Like they still got all their picks, Chris. and AD is only 26, 27. Christopher Levante Allen, forty five. <laughs> forty five. Listen, get that's get, ten get. years from now. No, 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 get. nine years from now. He's thirty. Chris. Gibbs, I'm saying he won't be a he won't be a, a obviously he won't be LeBron. He won't be but. Eric Dampier in nine years. <laughs> what is going? Listen, I love LeBron as much as anybody. Bro, not gonna be playing at 45. Like, listen, listen, listen. Not- okay, I said that's a stretch, but okay, theoretically, he could probably play till he's 40. Okay, and I, that's possible. That's very yeah, possible. 40. I can feel that. You can play to you for Realistically, realistically, I was I was reaching with the forty five. But forty, he can play to because he for takes sure. care of his body. He got a young superstar under him, which means when LeBron is tired of being number one, he can say, "AD, it's your it's your show. You the number mm-hmm. one." The Nets not gonna have that luxury because for one. I don't really know how much longer Kyrie going to be playing basketball. Like, honestly, like, I don't think Ky- I think Kyrie just does it because he's the man at it. Like, I honestly think like right. he one of the people that go to the open gym, you know, one of the people that go in and work out, do that. And then they're like, I'm going to just hoop for the cardio. He one of them people that that, that live weights <laughs> all day and be like, I'm going to just go hoop for the cardio. And he just do it because he's good at it. Like, I honestly don't like just his past, his latest reactions. Just I, I don't think he's going to be that much longer playing basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask y'all this. Are there any losers in this trade? Is there any team that you're like, you really didn't get anything in return for what you gave in this trade or anything along those lines? Yeah. So the Pacers gave up. They essentially gave up Oladipo and got Karis LeVert in return. I think Karis LeVert is a hooper. And I know like Oladipo didn't want to be there. But I definitely think that they could have got something better in return for Oladipo. I know Karis Lord is a hooper, but he he I don't think he'll ever I don't think his ceiling will ever reach the best that we've seen out of out of Victor Oladipo. For sure. Mm, really? I, really? I definitely think if they waited and did another trade with another team and just did uh Oladipo straight up for maybe a lesser player in a pick or you know, two lesser players, I definitely think that would have worked out better for the Pacers. Well, Especially considering how well like the other players on the team are playing. You could have got a couple of role players in return for Oladipo and filled out that roster a little better. 
Well, Guyton, I mean, I don't think the Rockets trade that for Karis LeVert straight up. I don't think, I think if they didn't get Oladipo involved, they wouldn't have done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely, definitely. I'm just saying this made sense for a lot of teams, but the the Pacers, they could have got more for Oladipo. If, if I felt like they were doing other teams a favor with this trade, which, which is a little weird to me. And then the Cavs picked up uh, essentially, I mean, Torian Prince is a is an inside out kind of defender, but essentially they picked up two more interior defenders that can rebound the ball. And they already have Drummond and Kevin Lee. Yeah, right. So I'm trying to figure are they are they making a trade like down the line? I don't I don't know what the Cavs game plan are. They might be I, I don't know what their game plan is in this situation. I'm assuming that the Cavs Sex are the trades. wall. The three man wall behind them, two three defense. Sex and the wall. Well, they just they just said they gonna make more moves. Yeah, they just said they shopping Javale McGee, which I don't know what you. you, I mean, you might get two picks for Javale. That's still Uh, maybe maybe a pick. That maybe a pick for Javale McGee. That's still too many bigs. Well, I mean, they they have so many bigs. It's. At a point, it's just like, can y'all calm down, please? <laughs> right. Can y'all relax? Can y'all re- like, this isn't, even if we're talking the, the, the slowest pace of ball you can imagine, there's still too many damn bigs. Right. It's just too many. It's yeah. anyway. So, so for me, I don't think that any team, I don't think that any team uh, lost more or gave up more or got worse. Except one team, people are gonna think that I'm saying this just for hot take f- uh, sake and just to like piss people off. I think the Nets got a lot worse with this trade. A lot worse. Yeah. A lot worse. The Nets' problems so far this year have been what? Defense and chemistry. Yeah. And you solve that by trading for James Harden. Like they have not had a problem scoring all year. That's that's the thing that bothers me about this trade if you it, it is my personal belief that if if the nets were scoring at a prolific rate but they were like the hawks in the early or in the late 2000s where like they were scoring they were they were playing good defense they were winning games but everybody knew this hawks team gonna be the number one seed but when it's winning time they don't have a player to get the ball to and say go make it happen who can do that the nets already had that the nets had that player in KD. The Nets had that player in Kyrie. So when you trade away more of your defense interior and exterior and you trade away some of your depth for a player who essentially does the same thing that you already have in spades it's like, huh? Because And, and I've, I've been thinking about this for a while because I want to get on here and say nothing crazy. And, and just have this completely be unsupported by facts and logic and have people look at me crazy. Because this is facts over acts. Factually, the Nets have been one of the best offensive teams in the NBA this year. Defensively, they've been one of the worst. So how do you solve a problem by adding to the problem? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that makes sense. But in the same in the same vein... The only thing that could stop this from working would be chemistry. Because if you look at the talent level on this team, like how could they not be good? I don't. I don't think this is going to turn into a championship this season, at least. But at the same time, if you just had, if you were a betting man, I don't see how unless they just butt heads and this whole thing explodes internally, I don't see how this couldn't work. All I'm saying is this entire season. The Nets have scored over 125 points 
more times than they've been held under 105. I, I just want you to think about that real quick. They have scored 125 or more more times than they've been held under 105. Yeah, you can have all the talent in the world. At some point in time, that talent gonna have to sit down on defense and make something happen. They played a game against the Nets. I'm sorry, not against the Nets, against the Hawks early in the season. That was 141 to 145, and it did not go to overtime, ladies and gentlemen. This was in 48 minutes of basketball. You surrendered 141 points. Well, I mean, to second your point, Gibbs, I agree. They just played the Magic yesterday with Harden for the first time. I know Kyrie didn't play, but 122 to 115 to the Magic, who don't even have Markel Fultz. Aaron Gordon has just started getting back in shape. Vucevic is there, but, I mean, they don't have somebody you can go get a ball to and say, Go give me 40, like, or go give me 30. Right. Vucevic can do it, but he's the big. He's just, you know, in a guard general league, he's not someone that can just go give you 40. And that's my point. They lost to a one-win Wizards team, 123 to 122. Like, come on. Come on. I And again, I wholeheartedly understand you never, you never want to pass up on a super talented player when you have the opportunity to draft them. But I also believe sometimes you got to look at what you have. You got to look at what you have and ask yourself, what do we need? Does this super talented player add to what we need? Or is it just like, eh, this is a cool toy, but it doesn't really well give what I need. In their defense, I think they gave themselves a really strong insurance policy for, for KD re-signing, which I didn't think they would. If you get a title without KD, I mean, without Harden, I think KD still resigns. I don't think KD wants to move again. Like, I mean, but it is KD, most one of the most moody and um, uncontrollable superstars in the league. But and the, and the thing, and the funniest thing about KD to me is the biggest one of the biggest things that got him out of uh, out of Golden State was that he believed I have beat LeBron in the finals. Twice now. I'm the guy now, right? And everybody was like, you beat him yeah. when Kyle Corver was on the poster for the finals for the Cavs. <laughs> Tristan Thompson and Kyle Corver were on the finals poster. Those two should never. They should never <laughs> sniff a finals poster. Not saying that either one of them is a bum or that they, they're very good role players. They do their role very well. But neither one. Okay, maybe one of them. One of the two, sure, right? One of the two, ah, sure. Tristan, Tristan rebounds, man. Tristan rebounds. That's what I'm saying. I could see one of them, right? Like at the end of the day, if you look at the 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 Bulls, uh, the when the Bulls were winning championships with Georgia, if you look at their finals posts, then you do three top three, top three with the other team, right? Nine times out of ten, it would be Jordan, Pippen, and Kerr or Rodman or something like that. One of the two, sure. Both of them? I beg your pardon? <laughs> I beg your pardon? Anywho. Okay, so with that going out of the way, are the Nets your favorite to win it all now? No. Mm. No. So is, um, it, is it still Lakers? Is it still Lakers? Yeah, or is it I somebody still, else? I still got the Lakers winning it. I'm skeptical about having the Nets win the East. I mean... If you want to make some money, especially during COVID, I mean, I, I feel like the NBA tried to do everything in their power to make sure that they make the finals. But 
with that team and their scoring ability and everything that they have, I'm not sure if this guy is ready to take the next step, but let's say they go against the Bucks. Which one of those players are going to stop Giannis from dunking the ball every time? None. They only got Well, well, you got you got Derek Jordan, DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> DeAndre Jordan is there, but DeAndre Jordan ain't gonna play. He's DeAndre Jordan is objectively a still a very good rim protector. He is gonna pick up some fouls. He is not gonna be able to stop him all game long. Jerry Allen was gonna want to be able to stop it. Exactly, exactly. So it, it's just that's not gonna happen. That's not gonna happen. I mean. So, Chris, do you got them? Do are they now your favorite to win it all or what? Ah, uh, Gibbs, it's a good question, man. I want to say that they're 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 up there, but I don't think they're the favorite. I mean, if you look at their last game with Harden with no Kyrie, KD shot twenty six shots, Harden shot eighteen shots. Yes, Harden had a triple double or whatever as the point guard. He had fourteen assists, but. I watched that game in its entirety. Eight of those 14 were to KD, I believe. I, I was counting by hand, so I'm not sure. But I believe eight of them were to KD, and a couple were to Joe Harris. You got Kyrie on the floor. I honestly don't see KD or Harden getting 26 and 18 shots because Kyrie going to need at least 15. And Kyrie is he's a great passer when he passes, but I don't think that's his strongest suit of his game. So, I mean, Kyrie can pass the ball really well, though. But I just don't see them gelling together well enough in enough in enough time with a shortened season to be the favorites. That's just me. Right, right. Okay. So so now I I absolutely don't have them as the favorites. Um the Lakers have shown me more this year than they did last year. The Lakers are showing me more this year than they did last year. And the scary part about that for me. They are a very old veteran team. Yeah. Y'all remember the, the the Cavaliers teams in Cleveland that were much the same build of this Lakers team? Not exactly, but they were much the same build as far as age goes. And they were kind of coast through the regular season. And then when it was time for them to ramp it up when the finals came around, when the playoffs came, they, everybody would play that little 5% better that got them some more wins. This Lakers team... Imagine if this is like them chilling and they still do have another level to take it to. Yeah, I, I do think I do think that uh, LeBron has taught a lot of those players how to flip that switch. Not a lot of teams had that switch. It, uh, that is out of this world to me. You've got a bunch of old guys because young teams are known for coming out of the gates, streaking. Y'all remember all the teams that were hot in week one? In, in week one when we did the pod <laughs> or week one? Yeah. Some of those teams are now at the bottom of the depths of hell in the NBA. <laughs> okay? But they, somehow, he's he's found a way. The Lakers as a team, rather, have found a way. They're leading the league with uh, seven games where six or more players score 10 each. This team is balanced. They're deep. And they have the superstars at the top. That's crazy. That is crazy. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So now... The next question that I want to bring to y'all, is the East now the better conference? With James Harden moving, changing conferences, is the East now the better conference? No. I uh, okay. The East is very competitive. It's the most competitive it's been in a long time. It is the closest to the West that it has been in a long time. 
But if you really took like a tournament and did, you know, the top eight from the East, top eight from the West, the East is a lot better, but I still don't think it's, it's close to being better than the Western Conference. You don't think it's close. Okay, all right. I think it's closer right. than it's been in a long time, but I still don't think it's close. Chris, tell tell me what you're thinking. What what are you what are your thoughts here? Listen, if you take the top 10 in the West, top 10 in the East, the West will win 9 times out of 10. Nine. Now, the reason why I say nine is because you might have a Harden KD or something go for 50 in one of those games, but nine times out of 10, the West will win. It's real close now. But if you go straight up superstar talent or and spread out through the West, ain't even close. Like as far as the the balance, the East doesn't have as many superstars. They have a lot of great teams that work well in systems, but as far as star power, the West still has an advantage. Now I will say that the the West, it's the Lakers than everybody else. Like the West is kind of not competitive because it's just what team is going to be close enough to beat the Lakers. Like we know the Lakers going to be there. What team going to be there with the Lakers? The East, the Clippers. They got Ty Lewis, the head coach now. <laughs> yes. he sat. He sat. Three feet away from Doc. Never mind. We, we got to leave the Clippers off the episode one time. But did y'all hear what Paul George said? Ooh, ooh, ooh. What did Paul George say? He said he thinks he's playing better than he's ever had in his life. Huh? <laughs> All right, look, look I'm, I'm going to go on just, just so we can uh, halt the Clippers slander for a little bit. I will come out and say this. I don't think that the Clippers are going to come close to making it to the NBA Finals. But I do think that in the Western Conference Finals this year, we're going to get the L.A. versus L.A. matchup. I think the Lakers are probably going to win at like five, but I think we're going to get that matchup this year. I, mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about it. <laughs> there are thoughts to be had about that. But Every I, game that sure. Patrick Beverly and Nicholas Batum start. I wonder why the Clippers have an organization. Brunson, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Brunson, them two come out and immediately is like, can we can we move him to like can we move him to Seattle or can we can we move him to Montreal or something? Because this just ain't it. Lord Jesus. By the way, shout out to our listeners internationally. I mean, if you are in Montreal, we hope y'all do get a team. But anywho, uh, yeah, the fact of the matter is that. That's that Clippers team is tough, but uh, if if you're asking me, do I think the East is better than the West? I honestly and truly believe that these conferences are now neck and neck for the most part. And the reason that I say that is if we went top eight or really top 10, rather, blow for blow, stride for stride, sure, you've got. You've got all these teams that back and forth, it'd be a tough matchup for the East in the top tier games. But outside of that top tier, there really don't, I really don't see much. I really don't see much out of the West where I'm like, the East cannot compete with that. The Lakers and Clippers, sure, those are tough matchups for almost any team in the East. The Suns, the Jazz, I like, the Nug- I'm sorry, not the Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets, the Mavericks. Where, which one of those teams are? do you look at and you're just like, I could not see a world where the Magic beat them in a seven-game series? See, but, but this is the thing that I'm – this is the perspective I'm looking at it from, though. If you take the teams right now that's not in the playoffs in the East, 
the only elite players you can pick out of there is Jimmy Butler and maybe Trey Young. If you look at it from the West, mm, I don't know about that. You got Bradley you, Beal, you got Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam. I Kyle Lowry, I, I just that. said elite players. Kyle elite. Lowry, Kyle Lowry, elite. Right. Kyle Lowry, elite. <laughs> Listen, Kyle <laughs> Lowry is a is a good player, man. He's a he's, Kyle he's, Lowry he's is a on good the brink. Player. He's on the brink of he's on the brink of really good glue guy and elite. Like he's the the, the 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 line, I believe, where you're like, all right, if you're over Kyle Lowry, if I look at you and think, oh yeah, he's better than Kyle Lowry, no doubt about it. You're probably elite. But like if I look at you and Kyle Lowry this is a debate, you're probably not elite. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's that's where Kyle Lowry is for me at this point. <laughs> I mean, but Bradley Beal is definitely elite. Brad, Bradley, oh, Bradley Beal is Brad Beal. But Bradley if you look Bill over in the West, you got Steph who's not in the playoffs right now. You got John Morant. You got Carl Anthony Towns. If they're healthy, uh, Carl Anthony Towns ain't in that conversation. Man, C- Cat a Hooper. I love me some cat. Hold on, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, bro. I love me some No cat slander, bro. No cat slander. It ain't slander. It ain't slander. It ain't slander. Bro, y'all know, y'all know how high I was on cat coming out. Y'all know I thought that he was the next big thing. I thought, like, all right, bet. He's the next in line to take over in the NBA because he had all the skills, the size. He is the modern big man. He just ain't it. He's not elite. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't think – I think it's a lot like how Chris Bosh was with the Raptors. If you go to a better team with better players, there's no way you're going to be putting up those same types of numbers. True, true. There's no way. There's no way. If Cat had any help in Minnesota, there's no way that he's going to be putting up the world-beating numbers. You know, that, that might be a perfect analogy because if you look at their careers – uh, Bosch and Cat might be the same person, bro. But here's the difference between the two. I think that Bosch is was less skilled than Cat. He just wanted it more. True. You can say True. what you want about Bosch. You cannot say there were multiple games where he just did not look into it. He just kind of yeah. Uh, he doesn't have. He didn't have the three point shooting ability that Cat did from get from the jump. Cat could shoot better than. What Bosch was doing later in his career, more athletic and all, but he just wanted it more than Cat, and that that makes me a little sad. But whatever, I don't think Cat is elite, but y'all can throw him in the elite category, and I'm gonna shut up about it. But that that's just the only thing I was going with. I think it's just if you got the best players from each conference, I think each I think the the talent level in the West is still is still ahead of, of the East. The East is pretty top at the moment, but I still think that the West just got deeper teams across the board. I agree if we're talking talent of players. However, I think that the, what what for me makes me say this is neck and neck, it could go either way. The East have better coaches by a mile. The True. East have much better coaches than the West do. The West, you look at Monty Williams, uh, I'm sorry, not Monty Williams. Greg Popovich. Well, actually, Monty Williams is a good coach, so I guess I'll throw him in there. Yeah. Oh, but you what? Got- I'm so high on Monty Williams. Like, I'm that's what so I'm saying. I'm, I, I, that's why I, I retracted that statement. Monty Williams belongs in that category. But you got Greg Popovich, probably the greatest NBA coach of all time outside of Phil Jackson. Maybe are we? Is that fair to say? Um, that's that you. Yeah, that's that. You can make that case. So I, you got you got Greg Popovich, you got Monty Williams. All of the rest of those coaches in the West, the Nuggets coach is pretty good. All of the rest of the coaches in the West, who like, what do y'all do? Do y'all make more of your talent than what's there? 
Do y'all do y'all accentuate Frank Vogel? He does a good job of coaching defense, instilling a, a defensive mentality in those Lakers. But those Lakers are the Lakers. Like they are who they are. Right. There's not <laughs> there's not much you can do with Brown and AD. Like that's just Ty Lue. We have seen what Ty Lue, what happens to Ty Lue when he doesn't have a lot of talent. He got ran up out of Cleveland in less than 20 games without Brown. Yeah. Bro, it took them like 10 games. They're like, all right, that's enough. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. But but did you just reference cool. Ty Lue as, a, as the lip coach? <laughs> what that, are you doing, that was, Gibbs? Son, that was sarcasm. That was sarcasm. We all know. <laughs> I think Ty Lue is two tons of bonds as a coach. He just got on with Brown. That's, you know, it's like in the NFL, if you're on with Belichick or, or – uh, or you, if you're on with Belichick or Saban, you're going to get a job somewhere. Like, it's the same thing in the NBA. You, or, you uh, unless, you, my, unless you tips. Unless you tips. Ooh. Ooh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's tough. Hey, but the got East, the boys hoping now. But the East, you got Brad Stevens. As much slander as we've given him, Doc Rivers is one of the winningest coaches of all time. You got uh, as much slander as he gets. Tibbs has this Knicks team playing better than they've played. You've got Coach Spo. You've got uh, Nick Nurse. you got a lot of coaches in the East. That are coach Dwayne Anthony, a, a former coach of the year, even though these Pistons, talent-wise, this is probably the worst, if not one of the worst teams in the NBA. Like, this Pistons team has nothing. Blake Griffin is their, like, Ain't the Casey their coach? That's what I'm saying. Dwayne Casey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. He's a good oh, coach. Dwayne Casey is a good coach. He just has nothing. He has less than nothing to work with. He right got now. he got Blake Griffin if Blake Griffin was 62. He got Jeremy Grant in <laughs> Jeremy Grant's prime. He got Derrick but Rose Pete, with no knees. He got but Pete, I don't know. He got he got Jeremy Grant and Derrick Rose putting up numbers. Yeah, oh, oh like for you, sure. For you sure. would think. Like, if you did not know the context, if you were one of those people that didn't watch the game and just looked at stats, you would honestly look at this team and say, oh, man, like, they're just one or two pieces away. Oh, man, if you get Jeremy Grant and and Derrick Rose somewhere else, they'd be great. Like, that's – at the end of the day, I think that the – like you said, the systems of the East, what the coaches are putting in place in the East, much better. But the West just has better talent. Top to bottom, they just have – uh, the more talented players. So now we're gonna we're gonna go back to this Harden trade just for a minute because uh, Shaq, who we've already said, and, and Shaq said it himself on uh, on the on the show that he's on on TNT. He said, um, "I've got the clearance to say this. It's only I got G five clearance. I've done the game. I can say this. James Harden <laughs> has not given everything he can to the city." And he went on to talk about his stats in the, in his last six elimination games and how James has not shown up and all that good stuff. Now, tell me, was Shaq wrong to say what he said about James Harden in that trade? He was not wrong. I know that it uh, could possibly fall on deaf ears just because it's uh, it's Shaq that's saying it, and we've heard this from him you know, on multiple occasions with different players. I mean, he just got a, out of a, you know, mini beef with Rudy Gobert. But at the same time, nothing that he said was wrong. I mean, we're talking about a player here who, 
initially the way he forced his way out of Houston, if he said, you know, I'm not really happy here anymore and it's just not where I want to hoop this, this and that, that may have been fine. But the way that James Harden framed everything was they're not getting me enough help, this, this and that. And everybody that watched the Rockets for the past However many years, they had plenty of opportunities to go to the finals, plenty of opportunities to win games. And at the same time, like when the pressure was on the most, James Harden didn't show up in most of those situations. He had elite level talent. He played with Dwight Howard when even though he wasn't the Dwight Howard of old, he had shoulder problems, he had back problems. This is still a Dwight Howard that was getting you 15 to 20 rebounds on a, on a, any given night. You had uh, a decent team out there where you had Capella and all of those, a couple of younger talents out there. It was still a pretty deep team. You That didn't work. You got Chris Paul. That didn't work. You had Russell Westbrook last season, and that didn't work. And you was in a situation to put away Golden State, and you being a leader of that team, y'all went out there and missed 26 straight threes. 27, 27 straight threes. My fault. 27. I missed one. No, and, don't add emphasis to it. Don't add <laughs> And you know what I'm saying? In those games, it's not like you were putting up triple doubles and being a James Harden that you usually were and getting 50-point triple doubles, this, this, and that. And a lot of those games, they were sticking Steph Curry on you in fourth quarters and you were still shooting 25% from three. Oh, Lord. So, so that's not something that oh, you can like... Lord. Well, you can't go out there in, in the post-game press conference and say, like, they not getting me help and this, this, and that. You can't place the blame when they gave you. Like, it's a lot of players out there that did a lot better with a lot worse. Like, we were just talking about uh, Cleveland teams and the posters for the finals. I mean, you can't tell me you can't get it done with Chris Paul and y'all got the Warriors' backs against the wall. But we see LeBron make the finals with uh with, with Shannon Fry on his team, bro. Like, that. come on. Shannon Fry's a serious contributor at his at the tender <laughs> age of 33. Like, come on, bro. Tell me a better lie, please. So, so Chris, what do you think? Was Shaq right to say? Was Shaq right to say, I've got G14 clearance. He didn't get it done. He didn't do what he had to do. Listen, we said last episode, it's only a handful of guys that retired that can say what they want to say in the league. Only a handful of guys. Shaq is one of those guys. Shaq has always mm-hmm. been that guy to talk what he want to talk while he on the on the lead when he when he when he wants to. Yeah. So he when he for, he be well known NBA on TNT and and he has the clearance to do so. Yeah, I mean the whole thing about Shaq is sometimes I think Shaq really wishes he played in this era versus last era because for one Shaq would have got that two hundred twenty eight million dollar contract Giannis just got like. Yeah. I think I think Shaq is angry at that, for one. And I also think Shaq is angry the fact that a lot of these players, they act like some real like prima donnas, even though Shaq in his time, at some time, was a prima donna. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I mean I think I think Shaq should start, you know, looking at himself and saying, listen, if I was in that situation, I think he looks at it as what they should be doing. And I don't think you should look at it like that, Shaq. However, what he said about Harden, and I'm a Rockets fan, and I was one of those people guy referenced that watched all those Rockets all the years. So I could agree with him. Every time I needed Harden to step up for my team, he never did. Yeah. They gave him everything he wanted. They let him do whatever he wanted. Flying a strip club the night before you got a game because you got a day off. You get what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. what 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 system or team lets you do stuff like that? Not none, except the Rockets. 
Except the Rock. So, and I'll say this. There are probably more teams that if they had James Harden and James Harden wanted to push that limit, they would allow it. But I don't think any of those teams are or will be championship contenders because of that. Literally, strictly because of that. Yeah. All I'm saying is Shaq wasn't wrong in anything he said right there. But I do think Shaq should dial back a little bit and just let the young guys be young guys. I mean, Shaq, you didn't do everything perfect in your career either. Right, I mean, right, I, right. I think Shaq, he being a little bit of a bully at this point. Like, come on, Shaq. Like, we love you, Shaq. I, I watch TNT all the time. I love, I love, love Shaq and the boys. But come on, Shaq. Just, just let here's, them let them learn from their mistakes. Harden know he messed up. Let them learn from. It. Here's here's my thing about this whole thing. The only thing that I don't like about none of this is that James Harden played the, um, you know, y'all y'all should celebrate a black man being happy making money. Car, don't do that, don't do that because you can't you can't turn around and say y'all should celebrate a black man being happy and making money after you didn't show up on your black head coach. Right, you didn't even show up to camp, bro. And your black teammates. You talking about exactly and your black teammates. You talking about, oh, this is crazy. I've never seen anything like this. Nine games into the season. Like <laughs> nine games, nine games into the season with no camp. With no camp. Again, there were a lot of teams. We just talked about what was it, two, three weeks ago? The Nuggets were struggling. The Nuggets right. looked awful to start the season. Hey, the, the year, the year that LeBron won, the year that LeBron won his first championship. What was the heat record throughout nine games? Uh, I want to say it was like four or five. They didn't or, start that season off great at all. Yeah, yeah, and and that that to me is the thing that that really bothered me more than anything. Don't play that. I'm a young black man. <laughs> card. You can't play that. You can't play that. If you didn't do right by the black folks who were put in place to guide you to where y'all got to go. Silas was specifically bought in because of what he did and how he built the offense around Luca to make everything roll. You were supposed to be his new Luca plus some. Yeah. And you decided, I'm not going to come to camp. I'm not really going to want to practice. Oh, this is crazy. There's nothing I can do. That's the only thing I have a problem with. Beyond that, Shaq is absolutely right. And again, I don't have a problem with hard. What people do in their personal time, that's between them and them, right? Like, I don't care if James Harden was storming the Capitol with the insurgency on the six. That ain't got nothing to do with me. If he's going to show up and play ball, I'm going to evaluate his ability to play ball, and that's all, and that's it. That's all, and that's it. With that being said, like Shaq said, 40, in elimination games, his last five to six elimination games, 41% from the field, 24% from three, 32 assists, 27 turnovers. What about those numbers – Especially if you watch the last elimination game against the Lakers. What about those numbers? What about the eye test of those games? Say you're doing everything you can and, and the guys around you just aren't supporting you. What about yeah. it says that? He put up a good amount of shots. I mean, I put up a good a lot of points on hella shots. On hella shots. So there's there's really no way around that for me. And I don't think Shaq was wrong at all. And I, the only reason that I appreciate the Shaqs of the world is because they're the legends. So they're so few and far between to speak up emphatically about anything. 
And I understand why. Tom mellows people out. Tom makes people relax and chill and all that. It's the same reason I get in George's ass about it, but I still love it from him too. The legends for me are a little too quiet sometimes. Like the football legends, you can't get them to shut up. You cannot get them to stop talking. Bo Jackson, I could rush for 350 yards a game in this era. No, you couldn't. Bo, even if you only play one sport, the players are bigger, faster, and stronger than they were in your day. The player in your day that was a freak of nature, everybody today is like, yeah, that's that's pretty standard. That's what we expect out of our defensive ends. Yeah. but, you know, the NBA legends, I like to hear more for, from them. So that's that's my only thing there. Shaq was absolutely right. So now sticking with the Nets, right? Man, this show is, is nothing but – I think that should be the show title here. Nothing but <laughs> – but anywho, sticking with the Nets, Kyrie has gone off the reservation. He has gone AWOL. Um, he was sitting out for personal reasons. There was no communication with Steve Nash, apparently. And he's been fined uh, reportedly almost half. How much was it? 800,000 or half a million? Um, I think it was eight. I think it was 800. Wow. It was a week's fine worth of salary. Fined 800,000 of his salary uh, for attending an indoor party during uh, during the the pandemic and all that. So tell me this, friends. Is there do y'all what do y'all think is going on with Kyrie? Do y'all think he needs to come back? Do y'all think the Nets need to keep him? Like, what are y'all thinking about this situation at this point in time? Um, so so I think I think about it two ways. I think about it two ways. The first way I think about it is Kyrie is finally in a position he's, you know, did what he did in Cleveland. He was able to win a championship. He was able to basically get enough cachet as a player to where he can finally do what it is that he wants to do, and that's play important basketball. I don't think that Kyrie necessarily ever had the love for the game as much as somebody like a Kevin Durant or a James Harden. And he's extremely talented at the game. I just think now he's in a position to where when it's time for important basketball to be played, he can play it. But if you feel like it's nine games throughout the season and this is not necessarily like how I want to be spending my time, he's in a position to where he can do so. Who's going to tell him no? He's on a team with one of his best friends and Kevin Durant. He's on a team with a bunch of young guys that's not going to tell him anything because he's Kyrie Irving. He's on a team with Steve Nash, who's like, Steve Nash is like, you you, you know the one cool teacher? So we're like, y'all supposed to do worksheets, but y'all just in his classroom cutting hair and playing Halo and like just doing whatever you want. Mr. To. Simon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, Steve Nash is Shout Mr. Out to Mr. Simon, Simon head coaches, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Simon, man. Like I, I literally to used to go to Mr. Simon class and get a lineup, bro. Like, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm not even, hey, I'm not even gonna hey. tell what what used to happen in Mr. Simon class with us because I don't know if the statute of limitations is up yet. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Mr. Simon. Hey, Gibbs, you caught me in Simon a couple times. Bro. You know hey, listen, listen, listen. We cannot, we cannot talk about Mr. Simon on this show. This show is supposed to be PG. Uh, may I, the only thing I will say about Mr. Simon class is that, like we always emphasize in the show, bet responsibly, okay? That's the only because I done seen some heads get whooped behind not betting responsibly. But anywho, you're right. You're right. He is yeah, the so, I mean, Right. So they handpicked him. He's still a young guy. A lot of these people played against Steve Nash. So it's not necessarily that level of respect that you would have if you were playing under a Popovich or something like that. So 
it's really he's just doing what he wants to. Nobody's going to tell him no. Amari uh, uh, is is a guy that's a few years younger than Steve Nash. So it's not really any any authority figure on a team that's going to say, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. And at the same time, Kyrie, if he if he's saying I'm doing this because of things that's happening in this country or I'm taking a stand, this, this and that and the landscape that the world is in, what authority figure in the NBA are we going to have that's going to come out and say, hey, you need to get back on the court? without negative press, which is something that the NBA does not need right now because major corporation, minor corporation, rich person, like everybody is kind of struggling for funds right now with the pandemic. So they're not really in a position to say like, hey, black man, you need to come hoop. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. Kyrie can do whatever he wants to right now without any repercussions. Me personally, Although I kind of understand, I've always been raised to be a put your head down and work kind of dude. And if I'm sitting here getting paid $40 million to hoop, bro, I might, you might wake up one morning and I turned into a basketball. Like, I'm going to hoop it for that much money, bro. <laughs> so, so I, hey, I, I understand. Go? It's, it's me you, right bro. here. Bro. Yeah, bro. I got spawned on me. <laughs> I got spawned on me, bro. I turned into a ball. I turned into a ball. I'm going. That's crazy. That's right. No, I feel it. I feel it. And, and for me personally, for me personally, what I would like to see done here, I I agree with you that the optics of it and with everything that has been happening is bad, right? The optics of it with the Jack McMullen having the conversation with Kyrie where he said, I'm not your property. We shouldn't be drafted. Players should go where they want to go. I agree with Kyrie uh, partially in that sense, but also Jack McMullen could have explained that a million times better by saying right. by not saying yeah you are she could have simply said no the draft is made to ensure parity without the draft everybody would go to their favorite teams their hometown teams or whatever small markets would have no chance small yep. who's from Milwaukee that's hooping like come on yeah. but then you look at just comparative numbers just by just by the numbers alone right uh if you look at the cities that are basketball factories you would naturally have a lot of guys gravitate. North Carolina has some of the best basketball players in the world. The Charlottes would turn into a beast and nobody would want to leave. L.A. is obviously L.A. Both of the New York teams, they're New York. Like, that's just how it works. So, I mean, there's – I understand the sensitivity to not wanting to tell him, hey, bring your ass back in here. But also, I believe that there's a a stress-to-pay ratio, right? I'm I'm a full-hearted believer in a stress-to-pay ratio. Now, that stress-to-pay ratio doesn't mean if I'm paying you enough, I can disrespect you. That's not what that means. But it means that the demands that are placed upon you are going to be higher. The demands placed upon you, Kyrie, are going to be higher than they are for a, a, uh, a teacher, for example, because... The the teacher is making a very low amount. You're getting paid enough in just this contract alone where your kids, 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 if they just manage the money right, will never have to work again. Like they, they can all afford one Lamborghini in their lifetime and then the rest just manage it right and you'll be okay. Like that's, you can't, you can't tell somebody, hey, I understand that you're giving me or you're set to give me 200 million. But also, I don't feel like coming into work today because I just don't feel like it. And the biggest thing to me is communicate. Communicate with somebody. Tell somebody, hey, I'm not coming in. Hey, right. I don't. This is what's going on with me. This is why I'm not coming in. 
Because if if that's the case and you have told people that Steve Nash is just one of the worst human beings alive and we don't know, but with y'all two's history, I'm going to assume that Steve was not notified. Just just going on a whim here. I'm going to assume that Steve wasn't notified. So that's, again, and attending a birthday party during the pandemic, bro. Why? Just why? Anywho, Chris, what you got on this, man? (sighs) Man, I really don't even like Kyrie's one of those guys where he leaves me speechless a lot. Like I, I don't really I don't never I could never form words to describe what Kyrie has going on in Kyrie's mind. Like Kyrie, I, I he's such a delicate little feather, isn't he? Like you you can't really oh say this you can't call a grown man a delicate little feather. Oh lord, you really can't say much to Kyrie and not piss Kyrie off. Like he one of them kids where you playing two K and you do a nasty dunk on somebody, you be like ah, he'd get mad and quit. Like he just one of them kids where he'd be like, bro, you don't have to be so loud, bro. We get it, you got to dunk, bro. You don't have to do all that. You Can know, you I don't do even that play no though, bro. Can you do that? Right, you know, right. Right, he wanted them. He wanted them, man. So I, I really just like you know, he was very irresponsible, and this just goes to show why I have no faith in the Nets. And um, I was laughing because a guy we went to uh, high school with, uh, uh, I ain't gonna say his name, but a guy we went to high school with had tweeted, "I can't wait to bet my entire life savings on the Lakers versus Nets," oh. <laughs> and. And and we say gamble responsibly, <laughs> but <laughs> we don't even know if Kyrie gonna be in the game if the Lakers versus Nets. Kyrie might get pissed <laughs> off because Bron said you needed all this, and Kyrie might not show back up. <laughs> oh we, oh we, it's not unheard of. It's not unheard of. It, it wouldn't be the wildest thing we ever seen. Kyrie. So not- like Kyrie, Kyrie left the Celtics. He didn't even he didn't even say like anything. Like he literally. That last game of the season, he literally changed his phone number, literally signed with Rock Nation, and then he didn't tell the Celtics anything. He just was a net. Like six days later, he was a net. Yeah. Wow, wow. So it, it's it's tough. It's t- Kyrie does so many great things in the community, so many great things off court. Uh, and Stephen A. was calling for him to retire and all that. Now. I think Kyrie should do whatever he wants, but uh, in the words of 21 Savage, better pick a side or you're going to die in the middle. Fully dedicate your efforts to your philanthropy, to giving back to the community, giving back to underserved communities, ensuring that underserved communities, people of color, black people specifically, have the resources they need to at least try to make a, a level playing field. Sure. Or do the basketball and, and, and have that on the side. But you can't have basketball on the side, but with the amount that you're getting paid to do it. You can't. Right. You can't have a $220 million side hustle. That's not how that works. This ain't the OnlyFans. This ain't a podcast that you done started up, Kyrie. This ain't a this this ain't this ain't a a, a, a lash extension business. This ain't a SoundCloud link that you pushing to people. <laughs> this ain't none of those things, bro. This is a career that you have basically invested two and a half decades of your life to. So what do you, what do you, what's going on here? But anyway, we're going to change gears and go on over the football. Real, real quick, real quick. Um, If we had to do 
a, a starting lineup of current Wisconsin-born players in the NBA. Their starting lineup would be Jordan Poole and Sam Decker. That's the end of the list. Wait, Tyler Hero ain't from Wisconsin? I don't see him on his list. Oh, my God. I thought he was from Wisconsin. That's crazy. Oh wow! Because I remember Hero. they were talking about the, the. I remember they were talking about the. Uh, the oh no! He's from he's from Milwaukee. I I don't know why he's not on this list. That was published in September of twenty twenty. But yeah, Tyler Hero is here. Okay, so we got three okay. players. But but the, but do you see why that's that was the easy explanation for Kyrie? This is why draft is necessary. Because if not, all the players are going to go to either their home teams or their favorite team. And yes, there will be players. Who break out and say, you know what? I want to go oh, make a lot of money. Update, update. We got they got Tyrese Halliburton too and Kevon Looney. So they got they got an okay starting five. Uh, Halliburton, Ooh, hooping. Halliburton, Halliburton hooping. Hey, Halliburton hooping, bro. Who, go go look at them. Uh, go look at the Sacramento games. Who Halliburton. He, he played for Sacramento. He, he a rookie. He, uh, I think he actually second in the league in fourth quarter scoring. He actually putting up some numbers over there. Sacramento. Sa- Chris. <laughs> Chris. He don't make my parlays. Chris, am I, <laughs> Chris, am I, am I high off the peyote, or does this sound like a non-consequential player here? No, man, I'm going to say if if the season ended today, I would have Halliburton second in my rookie of the year voting. Well, the rookie, this rookie class has been god-awful. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'll listen, one Mello, player. it's been one player. No, no, Peyton Pritchard will be wait, leading. Wait. Peyton Pritchard for the Celtics yeah. will be leading right now so, for rookie of the year. Over LaMelo? No, yeah, bro, what? He has a game winner. LaMelo <laughs> got a triple-double. Okay, but Peyton Pritchard been averaging double digits off the bench behind a lot of good guards. Hear me out. Hear me out here. Hear me out. This rookie class, do y'all see how, like, we're debating who these, <laughs> who is, like, the guy, right? We're debating who's the guy, and I guarantee you, 80% of our listeners have never heard of two of the players you just named. <laughs> I am, I'm fast. willing to bet my first, uh, my unborn first child on this. That like most of our listeners, if we go up to them tomorrow, who is Halliburton? Who is Pritchard? They gonna look back <laughs> at us like, um, well, uh, uh, they probably play a sport because y'all are a sport podcast. Uh, that we're in the playoffs, so I'm gonna guess football. Like, come on, man. Like, listen, listen. I got the list of the rookies right now. So it's LaMelo leading, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, Cole Anthony, OB Toppin, Denny Avidi, Tyrese Maxey, Peyton Pritchard, Isaac Okoro, and Patrick Williams. So these are the odds. No, that's, in, that's in order of the odds. So if I was going to put some money on it, I probably would do Maxey because I don't think Ben Simmons likes basketball, so I think Maxie gonna get a lot of minutes. Yeah, Ben Simmons is another one of those guys. He was just kind of tall and good at it, so they just like, right. put him out there. <laughs> and he was like, "Bro, do I gotta keep going back?" And his parents were like, "Yes, you gotta keep going back. Hey, I'm trying to get out of here, bro. This, <laughs> bro, I'm not trying to live in Australia forever, dog. This is this is like it's like a, a desert version of the jungle. I don't want to be here." That's crazy. But anywho, <laughs> anywho, uh, shout out to our Australia listeners. I'm just messing around. Y'all got great health care, a lot of other good stuff going on. Y'all listen to health experts, so, you know, no disrespect. But anywho, uh, looking at the, the playoffs in the NFL that we got going on here, uh, we got the Saints versus Bucks, also known as the AARP Bowl, uh, still in progress right now. 
That's a tie game. But you got uh, the Bills have beaten the Ravens. The Chiefs beat the Browns. That that AFC Championship is set. Pat Mahomes uh, is probably going to be in concussion protocol. And we're looking at Packers versus the winner of the AARP Bowl. So tell me this. Does this change anything for y'all as far as what you believe going the rest of the way? I'm going to have to say yeah. Now, last week, all of us agreed after seeing the Seahawks get popped, Packers-Chiefs was probably the way. So what what has changed? What are you thinking different? This is going to sound gross. This don't even sound like something that you would want to, like, draw up in Madden, bro. I think we might have a packers Bill Super Bowl. Mm. Just with how tough the Bills, even, even though, like, that offensive line didn't give Lamar any help, just with how tough the Bills' huh. defense was out there looking and the fact that um, – we don't know the health of Mahomes. We know he's going to play next week because he's a competitor. We know that he's going to play. But we're I don't, not sure I, this. We don't. We don't know. The concussion protocol, the way you, you got to You're beat, right. You're right. You're right. With the I, I, think, I think if it was protocol, up to him. You can't beat it with your team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If it was up to him, I know he'd play. But with the new concussion right. protocol, you can't just like, hey, the doc said, you know, my, my team doctor asked me what day it was and what my first pet name was. I told him I didn't have a pet. Now I'm yeah, good. True. Like, true. It's not like that no more. You got an outside... Uh, neurologists and all that that you got to get examined by to get get back going. That's true. So, I mean, it's a toss-up whether or not Mahomes plays. And with that, I, that you know, drives it home even more that the Bills are going to go to the Super Bowl. It's just, I don't know how many of y'all have had a concussion, but even if they say Mahomes can play, I don't know, playing in the game with that much pressure and you don't know how much he's, he's recovered from that concussion, that's something hard to get over when you're playing against a defense that's, that's been playing that good. Lately, oh, for sure. For sure. Um, now, I, I've, I've, I've had a concussion. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I've, I've had a concussion before uh, as a defensive lineman. It's a little different, though, because as, def- as a defensive lineman, the playbook is so – I have never had a playbook that, like, it was this wide, expansive thing. Yeah. Literally, most of our calls, defensive calls, I could listen to the first letter, and that would tell us where to go. Like, it was right. like, uh, if we got a smack blitz, it's coming from the strong side. If we got a missile blitz, it's coming from up the middle. Uh, if we got a cowboy or whatever, it's coming from the weak side. Yeah. The C means the short – short. Uh, the the boundary side corner is coming. So, yeah, it's 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 different for from me to a quarterback. That – that is a way different thing. Right. My my thing is, um, I, I got a concussion before playing uh, doing playing, doing mixed martial arts. And um the biggest thing with concussions are it's hard to process like information. That's right. the thing that, that was it for me. It's hard, it's hard to process information. You, you it's like your brain. Your whooped on. You your <laughs> whooped on like, hey, like, like you what? Hey, Chris, he wasn't bed responsibly in, in cyber class. You no, no, if, if, if I want to be honest with y'all, I'm uh especially when I was younger, always just like to like go harder than I should have. So I mean, my body is kind of paying for it now. But just to prove to myself that I could like work on this level, my um sparring partner when I was doing mixed martial arts was the former uh, center for Central Michigan, football center. So he was 6'3", 290. Ooh, we. Yeah, so like Ooh, I, I got banged up, up a lot. <laughs> I got banged up a lot sparring against him. So that's how I got a concussion. But it's just processing thoughts was really hard for me for like a week or so after I got the concussion. And if you're playing in the AFC championship game and you're getting a lot of pressure from the defense – 
if he does play, I just think it's going to be hard for them to to overcome that without Mahomes being at full strength. So I think with everything that happened today, I think we might be looking at Bills and uh, Packers in the Super Bowl. I don't whoever comes out of this uh, Bucks Saints game, I think it's going to be the Bucks. I told y'all Brady's going to win a few games, but he's not going to the Super Bowl. I think that the Packers are going to have a pretty easy time with whatever team they go against. Ooh, ooh, Chris, what you thinking, man? Does this does this change anything for you? Uh, for sure. Um, if he doesn't play, if he doesn't play, the Bills have a really good shot at winning it all. Really good shot. Really? Because, I mean, I got the Packers coming out the the NFC. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, that's a tough defense, even for Aaron Rodgers to go against. And, I think he could do it, but if the Bills get by the Chiefs and off the technicality that they won because Mahomes got injured, uh, the, but the Bills might get an easy win is what I'm saying. So they might be able to even rest some players near the end of y'all the game. Y'all don't got faith in Chad Hidden? Come on, man. I didn't even know. I didn't even right. I didn't know. No, didn't say I didn't know if he was elite. He said I didn't know if he was alive or not, bro. He could have died for all I know. It just wouldn't have, wouldn't have been a blip on my radar. That's crazy. I feel it though. I feel it. You were saying, Chris? I mean, I didn't even know that was their backup quarterback. To be honest. Mm. (laughs) nobody knew none of us knew but I mean they still got a lot of good running backs they got a lot of good receivers you could do plays where you don't even have to throw the ball to them so Mm -hmm. we'll see what can happen so yeah I I agree Uh, the the only thing that this changes for me the results didn't change anything for me I knew rather it be the Ravens or rather it be the Ravens or the the Bills I still saw the Chiefs winning Uh, Packers same thing I saw the Packers winning whoever they play. The Ravens, because obviously I've been banging on the table about this all year. Lamar has had no help via retirement, via not signing players back in free agency, via Ronnie Stanley getting hurt. Ronnie Stanley was their left tackle. The importance of him being healthy was Orlando Brown was their right tackle because the left tackle gets hurt. The right tackle moves to left tackle. The right tackle is now a bench player. Voila, you have, you're basically putting lesser players on the field. Not to say that they're bums or scrubs or they don't belong on the field at all, but I mean, the Ravens could not run the ball at all against a defense that has not been world beaters all year. The Bills defense is good, but they've been banged up all year. They haven't been world beaters all year. Stopping the stopping the, the run more so than uh, the pass requires not just communication and chemistry, it also just requires size at a certain point. It, yeah. And they, they didn't have that. And I'm thinking the Ravens are going to take advantage of it because they got a 300-pound fullback. They couldn't. They couldn't. And obviously that that pick six by Lamar at the, uh, at the tail end of the game was detrimental. He can't make that mistake. But Pat Mahomes being hurt is the only thing that puts this in question for me. If it wasn't for that injury, I'd already know what's going to happen. And by the way, Drew Brees went ahead and announced that he's retiring at the end of the season. Does that change any of this for you? Is everything still, man? Eh, eh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's a mad situation for me. Chris, what you, you think? Is it? 
I, I think it's funny. I think he did this before they played the Bucks and said, I'm going to retire. And, and maybe it was a message to Brady, like, come on, bro, just come with me, man. We don't need to keep doing this because I'm not liking <laughs> this game right now, bro. I, this is like a senior citizen game to me, bro. Like, I'm not liking this. Let me tell you something. When the, when the best quarterback rating in the game belongs to Jameis Winston, all the other quarterbacks who have played need to know it's time. It's time. <laughs> it's time for me. Like, come on, man. Jameis Winston. And, and Jameis Winston ain't a bum. He's not trash by any stretch of the imagination. But still, come on, guys. Come on. Come and on. I think I think this was good for Jameis to, you know, play behind Breeze because I think, like, Breeze, Breeze was a little mentor this year to him. So, I mean, I don't it's, know. It's, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I know y'all tired of us talking about elderly abuse and Mr. Simon <laughs> and, and, and concussions. So we're going to let y'all get on out of here. But come on back next week and the week after that and the week after that. Peace and love, y'all. Yeah,